Kia ora, and welcome to Aotearoa's Opportunity, a podcast where we talk about fair pay agreements and how they can help us tackle some of Aotearoa's most urgent issues. In this podcast, everyday workers will be sharing their stories about the issues that they deal with in their industries and how we can discuss solutions that FPAs will have to offer. So, no mai, haere mai, and welcome to Aotearoa's Opportunity. A real volatile site we have here in Wellington, um, I won't name it, but it's an apartment building anyway, um, 10 storeys, uh, 115 apartments, and it was well known for P-Labs, gang uh, members, um, you know, uh, it, was, it was a really bad site. The union ones that we managed to get for this particular site was stab-proof vests. Uh, we had security guards getting stabbed, getting beaten up, getting... Um, yeah, all, you know, all sorts of things happening to them on this one site. And uh, so I definitely fought for the site and uh, not only has it increased in its health and safety, but it has also in, in its pay, um, a huge improvement to, to the pay that they pay for guards on that site now. So. In this episode, we'll be talking about the security industry and the fair pay agreement that has been initiated for security guards. Security guards often face poor wages and poor job security. Security is an industry that's beset by problems with undercutting and it's been really difficult to deal with issues relating to health and safety in that industry. The Fair Pay Agreement is a mechanism that we'll try and use to resolve these issues. To learn more about the problems that exist within the security industry, we're now going to be having a conversation with Jason Ormsby, a union organiser from Air2 with five years experience in the security industry as a security guard and as a manager of operations. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Kia ora. Thank you for having me. Ah, thank you. Um, to start, would you be able to tell us a little about how you first got involved in the security industry and what was the experience like for you? Yeah, of course. Um, I was actually transitioning. It was 2016. I was transitioning out of uh, the hospo industry after being in there for uh, many years. I wanted a bit of a change um, originally. And for, actually, security guard <laughs> security wasn't the first option. I was actually um, looking to do um, HT work uh, with working income at the time. They were um, allowing for people that were transitioning through work to, to get that. And, um, yeah, I, I was on sort of, you know, wanted to jump on the course and uh, what actually happened is they, they were full. So they said the only course we have is a security course. Um, so I was like, okay, um, how long does that go for? And they said it was eight weeks. And uh, I said, look, yeah, chuck me on, let's, let's do it. So uh, that's, that's how I was able to do, um, got into security, did an eight weeks course, eight week course with HLC and uh, learnt, uh, you know, pretty much the foundations of security from patrols to static. Um, through them, I was able to also uh, be employed by the company that I worked for for, for five years and um, and then go, go up the ranks through them. Um, I was only a security guard for six months before I was made a um, operations supervisor, uh, looking after a $26 million contract uh, working income. Um, and it's just yeah, social development. And uh, yeah, that's where sort of my whole security um, path started. Cool. And 
Yeah, do you like working in security? It was a good place to be. I did. I, I actually enjoyed uh, working the service for others. The, um, you know, helping the elderly lady just to carry her groceries. The, um, you know, the uh, migrant family that need directions or, you know, um, just, yeah, just generally helping people. And it's something that I was brought up, you know, very strong for my, my family and values and, um yeah, you know, we know the security industry doesn't pay well, so you have to sort of take some sort of um, shiny light from that. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I think that's really interesting because a lot of people wouldn't think of security as like service. You think of it as, I mean, standing yes. at the front of something or, or, or maybe hassling skateboarding kids in the park or something right. like that. Right. Like, yes. But yeah, so you're saying there's a lot more service to it than people appreciate. Oh, huge there's there's so much to security that most people don't realize like even the many hats that they wear like people just think okay look you're a security guard you only to know sort of um you know yeah open the door for someone or you know if there's an incident happening to report it and call the police but there's there's, there's a lot more you know there's there's fire wardens there's first aid involved there's you know um the intricates of, um, you know, verbal and um, physical abuse that happens on some of these sites as well. So, Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's pretty um, terrifying, you know, like when yes. you're the front person at the doors, you know, and there's yeah. a lot of um, people in the world that are going through their own stuff and yeah. insecurity often becomes almost a, a counsellor or a punching bag. Uh, yeah. On yeah. yeah, I agree. And... Obviously, we were no, you know, COVID. Um, that was probably the, the toughest time for for a lot of us security guards being on the front line, and um, you know, everyone all going through the unknown of this pan of this pandemic, and it's like, um, you know, we all just trying to keep people safe and keep you know aisles and supermarkets you know flowing, but um, you know, you, you get customers that just abuse you for you know not having a trolley there or, or you know any something little like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and what was it like during the COVID time? Because you all of a sudden found out you're an essential worker. You know, yeah. Has that been something you'd thought about as, of yourself? Did you think of yourself as an essential worker before? Um, to be honest, I, I know security is, is, I've always felt like it's very important. But when, you know, when they said, oh, look, you're essential workers, you still need to go to work. Um, having, you know, elderly parents uh, that live with, with, with me and both, uh, you know, medical conditions as well um i did struggle a little bit to sort of be like well i need to work to provide for my family but then i have to be careful because i'm out uh, being you know exposed as well um but um i the sites that i worked at i could see that they needed security uh, on for these sites they were very volatile sites at the same time and uh, there was a lot of um trouble happening through throughout COVID as well that most people didn't didn't see yeah yeah and I think COVID was such an interesting time for that because it really showed yeah what are yes. the essentials who needs to keep coming back to work yes. it wasn't necessarily even politicians and, and you know executives no, and no. you guys yeah. Yeah. yes yes yeah what did your family think of it at that time when you're going out and doing security yeah of course uncertainty? they they were worried of course uh, they they you know they they made sure that you know, every night when I come back from from my shift, mum would be there to you know give me your uniform and I'll wash you know wash it and you know um, just making sure that you know we were when I got home everything was sort of clean sanitized and and um, so I wouldn't pass that on. But they felt that I was doing an important job and and 
appreciated it. So, you know, they were just like, keep doing what you're doing. You know? yeah. So given the work is super important, it's essential, yeah. you're looking after everyone, was the pay any good? No, nah, mate, and it still isn't today, and this is going back for 2016, you know, so it's sort of, yeah, so it needs improvement, huge improvements. Yeah, so even though when you moved up, because you were talking before, you mentioned you were covering this huge contract and yes. managing other teams of other people. Yes. Um, what sort of, did that, that improve things for your pay or not so much? <laughs> By 50 cents, like, yeah, like, you know, at the, the time I think the, the minimum wage was 17.50, so... Yeah, not, not a lot, but uh, a lot of responsibility that was involved with that. And uh, yeah, it definitely made uh, my security uh, journey a little bit tougher, but um, uh, difficult um, as well. Obviously, being a manager or being in management and being a security guard in, in operations. So, yeah. How did that make you feel when you're doing training? So, you're starting this, if you're doing an eight week course. Yes. you're um, taking up responsibility and managing a team of people and your pay is not progressing to re respect that. What's that like for you, you know? Yeah, it, it's a it's a kick in the guts, very disheartening, uh, I think, because you, you want to you do the best that you can and and make sure that, you know, it's it's your, your self-worth and, and value is also, um, you know, respected but yeah I understand this is the business models that these companies have and um, you know that's why I joined the union I guess to, to sort of help combat that yeah. yeah cool so how did you come across the union was that yeah yeah so it was um, actually my last year of being in I'd say yeah last year and a half of being in the security industry so it wasn't until four and a half years later before I joined the union and uh, the big push for that is um, really noticing how management was retreating the security guards. Um, I stepped out of the role as as a supervisor at that time too for for this, and I just became another security guard. Um, and I'm actually used to run into Ibrahim Omar quite frequently, as he was the uh, security organizer for Air Two at the time. And um, yeah, just happened that we both were at the same place at the same time we were, you know conversation started and uh he said look I, I feel you'd be really great in the union movement um and yeah next thing i know i'm being invited to a delegates training uh, a couple of months later yeah cool and so when you became a delegate and started to help represent yourself and your colleagues like yes. what sort of things were, were you able to get many little improvements on site yeah of course so at the time uh a vol a real volatile site we have here in Wellington. Um, I won't name it, but it's an apartment building, anyway. Um, ten stories, uh, hundred and fifteen apartments, and it was well known for P Labs gang uh, members. Um, you know, uh, it was it was a really bad site, and so the union ones that we managed to get for this particular site was stab proof vests, uh, standing mats. So if they were standing for long periods of time. Um, you know, to relieve the, the pressure off your feet. Um, definitely the protection, so the, the stab-proof vest because uh, we had security guards getting stabbed, getting beaten up, getting, um, yeah, all, you know, all sorts of things happening to them on this one site. And uh, so I definitely fought for the site and uh, not only has it increased in its health and safety, but it has also in, in its pay, um, you know, huge, improvement to to the pay that they pay for guards on their site now so 
and that was just from getting the union and taking up the case. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, as, uh, I, I was the, at the time, uh, delegate that was on the bargaining table um, and that's where, um, you know, we were definitely fighting that. But um, the big wins were coming over bargaining. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you, you saw through the union able to improve stuff, but is there problems in the security industry with, with contracting that undermines and, and affects your ability to make change? Huge. Yeah, there's, there's a lot <laughs> there's, um, there, 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 uh, that comes to mind. Um, but, yeah, definitely the undercutting of contracts, tenders, that um, contributes to, obviously, the low wage for workers that um, is still happening now. And you hear that, you know, race to the bottom, and that's what we want to stop. And, um, you know, uh, we definitely feel that fair pay agreements is what we need in the security industry for that. You know, I had the saying, how can we as security guards, you know, do security but not have a secure job? And it's something that's, um, yeah, you know, speaks volumes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what's the, the dream for security? What would you like security to, to look like? Yeah, of course. Uh, I feel with myself personally, um, having having better health and safety, training and upskilling, obviously, and better, better wage conditions. So the dream, you know, you could put a, a, any dollar on there, but I feel as long as it... Um, you know, it increases over time because I feel that, um, you know, they'll say $26 and we'll put that on there and then, you know, in 10 years' time it will still be $26, you know. So it's gradual improvements over time. So that's what I feel is, you know, them always constantly working on, on the industry and cleaning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I think there's a lot of people that want to see better pay. I think mean, at the moment there's a real cost of living stuff. Yeah. They see... Um, some people are making lots of money and it's yeah. not being spread around and it's about time um, and we're just going to make this work. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. How has it impacted you personally becoming involved in the union? Oh, it's it's in, definitely empowered. You know, it's empowering. Um, you know, I've never been involved in unions before so it was sort of like, oh, what am I getting myself into? But actually seeing what they do to do for the workers in low paid jobs, but then as well as the community, um, you know, it, it for myself it definitely was like a switch that just clicked on, like why, have I, why was I never aware of this or, you know, never seen this around? So for me, I, I definitely get out and try and speak to others that have never heard of unions or or um, or even the fair pay agreements, you know, in the security industry. And it's always um, a, a really great tool to use to, to build um, that solidarity and gain members as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and do because this whole podcast is about trying to talk to people about fair pay agreements and how yes. they're going to make impacts with people. What do you tell people in your community, like your friends and partner, about fair pay agreements and how it's going to change things for them? Yeah, uh, interesting enough, uh, a lot of them, um, you know, they 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 hear and they see what I've been doing already, and with with the members that um, and leaders that we have, and uh, they you know they ask, so what what are fair pay agreements and, and what is that about, and so. Um, you know, when, when I explain to them it's about better work conditions, better pay that, you know, reflects the work that they do, the, um, you know, training and upskilling, the development of a, of a security guard to the potential where they can get to and um, treating it as, the, you know, security as a, a professional career because I think it's just, it's just used, it's looked as a stepping 
stepping stool between a job to another job and, and transition similar to what I had used it for when I first came in. Um, but ag- across the board with family they, you know, and friends in the community that talked to, they're very supportive of it. They've, you know, a lot of them actually said oh, it's about time, you know. So, um, yeah, getting, I guess, positive reactions yeah. for it and, and why we need it. And for you, if you go back a few years ago, what do you think it would have, having a fair pay agreement security, what would have that changed for you when you were working in security? Um, better work conditions, better training and upskilling, of course, that's something that is lacking. Um, you know, they, myself was chucked in the deep end a lot with, as a security guard and seen other security guards doing that and now it's, it's definitely fallen off um, within uh, private training establishments at the moment where they're struggling to, to even train um, security, conflict escalation. Um, so if fair pay agreements have been in back then, um, we would have had a lot more of these, you know, resources, tools, um, you know, health and safety is always there, but, you know, better health and safety. I think that's what it is, better health and safety, better training, upskilling, and, and better work conditions. Obviously, the pay is, is you know, is great as well. And so, But um, covering those those three is, is very important to me personally, yeah. What should a security guard who's listening to this and interested in um, making things better for them and their you know, mates yes. they work with, what should they do? Definitely join a union. Definitely join Air Two Union. Um, you know they're either the union for security guards, but um, I, I I think talking with other colleagues as well. Um, speak to those that um, are familiar with fair pay agreements um, on your work sites or contact um, your delegates. Um, definitely, uh, you know, get behind the movement because that's the only change. That's the only way we're going to get the change across the board. Um, us as security guards trying to take on these um, titans of, of companies is, you, you know, it's very difficult and we need the backing, obviously, of, of the union movement uh, to allow for, for this. Um, that's that's what, what, I, what I would say. Um, but, yeah, get involved with, with our, you know, helping other colleagues if they... Go, if they're having a bit of trouble, you know, look into it, speak to a union organiser. If you, if you have the, the skills to, um, you know, represent and, and advocate for them, then, you know, do that because um, we need more of them. We definitely need more of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Anything else you wanted to say? No, no, I think, um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Yeah, it was great. The Aotearoa Opportunity Podcast is produced by the Council of Trade Unions. The purpose of the Aotearoa Opportunity Podcast is to raise awareness about fair pay agreements and their relevance to society. All views expressed on the podcast are the opinions of the interviewees and not necessarily the opinion of their union, the New Zealand Council of Trade Unions or their employer.